Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. This is interview number 47, and I'd like to introduce Mary, Mary Botner, to, um, to the interview. Mary, let's begin by going off script, and you're going to tell everyone how long you have actually been teaching for. Well, 41 years in my current school, and prior to that, three years at my first year at school. So Mary is one of our very, very senior legends. Mary's experience is vast in the area of drama in education. So thank you for being with us today, Mary. It's a real well, it's a great pleasure. It feels like an affirmation of many years of enjoyment, which it was. Oh, good. It's really, really good fun. Good. So let's go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And could I ask you how, when, and why you became involved in drama education? Well, I was never one that was picked for anything in drama at school. Um, the audition process involved singing one note for a um, music teacher on a piano, and I never passed that <laughs> at all. So, and that was all the drama that was in schools. There wasn't any, any um, classes, and. I got to university, what was then the um, Secondary Teachers College, mm-hmm. and um, I chose my subjects based on English history, things I loved, and I had a subject floating, and my brother was a huge influence in my life, uh-huh. because he said to me, um, this could be very good for you. An older brother? Yes. Uh-huh. Who, through my childhood, supported me a lot. <laughs> That's all right. A lot of the interviewees get emotional when mm. they start to think back. So, um, and so he said, no, it'd be good for you. It'd give you lots of confidence. Uh, I figured, I felt myself to be fairly outgoing, but when I got to the first drama class, I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> There are people who are more outgoing no, than me. yes, yes. <laughs> and my first year of drama was very exciting. I kept a diary, and that diary was... I read, read recently, just a, just going through diaries anyway in mm-hmm. process. And um, the last session on the last day was I was so sad to finish, and I just had to go on and then it just flowed from me. Uh, and it just followed. Oh, it was it was yeah, it just followed. It just meant that I had a fabulous first year with Daryl Goodson. Yes. And after that, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. That became a major. Yeah, he was a wonderful educator. He was fantastic. And you yeah. just felt you felt so inspired by him and his philosophy about drama in education. Absolutely. He, um, you know, he's mentioned a lot in my writings. And um, 
he worked with me on my very first solo piece, which <laughs> had its moments, but anyway, it was, it was fun and it was uh, the nights that it went well, I was very excited, and the nights that it didn't go so well, I thought maybe, maybe I'm not the actor necessarily. But then the training wasn't about acting in theatre. No. Then the training was about um, child centred drama. That's Brian's right. Yes. And, and I knew I could do that. Yes. In the classroom. So, and well, we didn't necessarily want to go into performances myself. And um, so from there, teaching rounds and things like that, it was just very enjoyable. Um, just kicked off from me. And uh, what was your first school, Mary? Where were you first? Well, everyone place? was going to countries, and I ended up at um, Campbell Island. Oh, right. And that was considered to be very prestigious at the time. Yes, very. Um, they needed a drama teacher and a history teacher. English, history mainly, I taught drama and history. And the drama class that I started in was a corridor. That was one of, another funny old story. But there was a corridor that ran underneath the, the um, canteen. Mm -hmm. And you could see people lining up for their buns and things and recess and that, but that's where the class was. So it was long and narrow. Yes. And basically it meant that you couldn't, um, well, you couldn't find your own space very readily. And warm-up games would have been a little bit very difficult, Very difficult. But that first year, um, the nines and elevens um, were just wonderful students. Wonderful. Yes. And um, they put on some productions and things, not productions as such, but plays, I guess, uh -huh. and they worked, worked really well. Uh, and I stayed in the corridor until I, I had some classes, I think, in the hall eventually, but the corridor was the drama space. And then um, that would have all changed at, over time, gradually? Well, then I applied for Camberwell, for Canterbury Girls, from there. So it was three years there, and I applied mm -hmm. for a position at Canterbury Girls, and Canterbury Girls drama teaching was, was mostly um, in an old house that had been bought by the school but not pulled down yet, uh -huh. where our current performing arts centre stands now. Right. And they were the, the old style with the, the front lounge room and then a servery and, and then the what was I guess the kitchen area. Oh there was a kitchen and there was, it was a dining area. I guess. Mm -hmm. So often we had two classes running in there, one one in one. And one and the other group and the noise level was you can imagine. So people always say, oh, the drama classes are so noisy, honey. <laughs> I'm so used to it, I wouldn't care, I wouldn't know. And the other beautiful thing about Canterbury uh, at the time was that the classes, the Year 7 drama classes and the 8s were all half classes. Oh. So we had three drama teachers and we were able to actually teach, well, a bigger group to teach probably close to 30. Mm -hmm. But we had 15 each. But you had smaller classes yes, each. And yes. that's, that's a very good number, isn't it? it that was excellent. Well, you notice the difference between girls and away in the current number, which yes. was 26 yes. Yeah. So, um, and that was good for a while, but then that all changed. And so, talking about change, what, what are the significant changes that you've noted in the world of drama education? Regarding myself, or I just think generally. Generally, um, I, want, I think we have to battle more to maintain drama within schools. Mm -hmm. I hear that 
and not, not a lot, but a fair bit from people. Mm-hmm. Um, the what what the, what is expected now in terms of the curriculum compared to my early book yes. um, is so much more rigorous, and you're much more accountable, and and so it should be. Um, when we doing some course outlines at the moment, everything has to be cross checked with. Um, first of all, Australian curriculum and laboratory and um, I, it seems to me to be more theatre and drama, theatre and performance is a big part of it. Yes. As in putting on productions, drama teachers put on productions. When going through my experience, um, productions, they got an external person to come in to do the production. Yes. And the productions that I was involved in were the House Sense Drama Festival. Yes, yes. The schools have many incarnations of drama, don't they? They have their house drama festivals, yes, they right. have their major productions, yeah. their musicals, their mm. classroom dramas, some schools have year level drama. Mm. Yeah, so um, I've noticed that there are a lot of schools who are now appointing a production, you know, head of production. Mm. Certainly not at ours. No. No. I, I, would, I, I ran the house dance drama festival for well over 10 years. And mm-hmm. but it was, it, oh, we are now combining with uh, another school, boys' school to do, boys school. To do productions. Yes, yes. I think I think those collaborations are rather lovely. There's yes. a, there's a change because mm-hmm. where I worked at Loretto, mm-hmm. we used to collaborate with Xavier. Sorry, you know me And we also used to collaborate with um, St Kevin. So St Kevin's we do our musical, and mm-hmm. Xavier That's we right. do our plays. Yes. And I think a lot of schools, like you, are, are doing that. And I think that's very enriching for the students mm. and for both the school communities that are involved. That's fantastic. Mm. I agree. Yeah, really, really wonderful. Um, highs and lows of your career, Mary? Just just a couple. <laughs> Maybe you haven't got lows. Uh, <laughs> I... I um... I think it was very difficult to come back to drama teaching when I had my family leave, mm-hmm. and probably that first year was one of the hardest things I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, a high would have been teaching a drama class in in Japan. Wow! I, when I did was, you I was on teacher exchange oh, when the school was had this sister school arrangement, yes. and they, we had a sister school. Um, teacher exchange program mm-hmm. and I went there and I was, went primarily, well, I went for both subjects, mm-hmm. drama and English, but with the drama it was, um, was that was an incredible experience really, it was, uh, some, I think they had the girls and boys in one class, led one class, but they must have been about 35 of them, but they didn't allow to do anything together. Oh really? So the girls were on one side playing the game and the boys were on the other side playing the game. How interesting. And I was, Giving explanations, demonstrating lots of nine, and um, the teacher would translate, Japanese teacher and interpreter would translate. And um, mostly it could only be simple nine things, and some game. And some they recognised in their own culture and yes. and they were able to pick up on it. But I just felt, learned a lot about myself in, as a communicator in that. I bet. So that, that was a really great experience. And where in Japan were you? And the school was called Bunkyo High School, but I can't tell you which prefecture it was in. There are so many of them. Yes. So it was 
rural? Is that sort uh, of no, no, that would, well, it wasn't in. It was in um, Tokyo. Okay. But it was sort of like an outer suburb. Outer suburb yeah, of Tokyo. Yeah, not that far. Not, not sort of an hour, which it could well be. Could have felt it. Not that fabulous far. experience. It was, and I, I also took um, a few drama classes, and, and that was just such a new experience. And I also took the drama classes when the girls came back to our school on exchange. I see. And that was that was just a bit easier because some of them were both really good people. Yeah. So that was a real high. I really enjoyed that very much. Um, I, the high, one of the highs was the Manish Festival. That first performance that was well, very well received, and the girls were just so proud. And that, and that group went through from 19, 11, and 12, that whole group. And we have been able to get that sort of continuity running through the school since because they won't run small classes. Really? Mm -hmm. So they're changing their structures? And well, I guess it's all about budgets and things. Yeah, I think there is that. But anyway, that, that was very good. And, um, and when was that, Mary? Um, We've got it here somewhere. Yeah, it's in the book, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's probably early 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The time just travels so fast, doesn't well, it? Well, when I put that? together some of this material and I'm thinking, was thinking about it, I, I thought, you know, that was, that was already 10 years ago, or that was already nine years ago, or whatever it was. Um, and it, it does go It really gives fast. you a, a bit of a jolt, doesn't it? It does, because when I turned around and they told me that, Oh, last year they gave me an award for being at the school for 40. And this, this year I'm going up there for the retirement award. But um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I can't do that all go. Where does it go? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and the memories are very, very clear and concise. You remember those moments, so many moments. Well, it's interesting that um, one of the things that I always, it was always such a pleasure, and, it, and some classes we stay with you always. Um, yes. Response. Yeah. It's but awesome. the idea that um, you, why, why do you love drama so much? Teaching drama, it's because it's like going to the theatre every day. <laughs> yes. To me, to me, it is. And, and if I'm if I'm not that outgoing, flamboyant idea of a drama teacher all the time at school, in the drama drama class, I mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I've noticed that with many of my colleagues, mm. many of my other colleagues that. They uh, actually do seem to have these two personas, but I think Dorothy Heathcote spoke about that, didn't mm. she? You know that 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 person that you bring into the room, the facilitator, and and the uh, the other person. You do have to have this almost separate identity. Yes, that's yeah. true. And I've been very lucky to work with really good um, colleagues that drama teachers always been to accept. Camera I was on. Right. Would you like to talk a little bit more about mentors and collaborators that you've had in your career? Well, um, I was, I don't know how to remember them now, but uh, I know that um, um, Daryl was, was a big influence and Brian Hogan yes. was a big influence. I remember him coming out to a, um, visiting me our school, school experience mm -hmm. and watching a class from St Paul's something school in Altona <laughs> and the whole boys and they had them all on the floor as if they were going through a mine, crawling through a minefield and I, afterwards I thought, oh, that felt really, really good and Brian was just so good at affirming what you were doing, yes. giving you positive feedback, it was great. 
Um, and I mean, I've known Joe for a long time, and I've known Meg for a long time, yeah. and I've known um, Lily Davies. Yes, yes, yes. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, all of them, all, all had workshops with the Max Gillies. Yes. He did. Film. Of course, he was up at Melbourne State, wasn't he? Well, well we started in Burberry Street. Yeah. And, and that, that, that in itself was a lovely place to be because it was so family or bonding, family oriented experience. You know, Burberry Street it was. Yes. wasn't a huge area to get lost in, a big college and lots of corridors and work. Like really sophisticated chefs are 
you watch a chef and you think, how can you do that? How do you know to add that and this and that mm. to the recipe? But it's all just there. Absolutely. Right? Yes. It's, it's choosing the right ingredients and, yeah, putting, it and putting it all together yeah. so it comes up with the right outcome yeah. at the end. Um, and I think so, that at our moment also came when we did the Dunmanish festival thing. Yes. Because that was, um, that was, it was just a group of students that were really dedicated. And when, we, when that came into performance, it worked very well. Yes. I, um, that was called Every 10 Minutes. Well, it's Every 18 Minutes. 18 Minutes. Was the original title. Yes. I think it got translated to 10 somewhere along the line. A person goes missing. A person goes missing. And the students wrote that about the they wrote, they wrote, we looked at cases, studies, and they chose a person, for example, a young, a young girl, Sarah, and who's missing, and then they worked out different ways of presenting that information and looking at how that disappearance affected the people that you get. So the ripples in the time. Yes, that's right. Now, what do you attribute your longevity in your career to? Um, I would, well, the love of the, love of the subject. Yes. The love of the subject. Um, and even if there were really challenging times or challenging students, um, I'm, always, I'm always happiest coming away from a drama class. Um, <laughs> yes, it does make perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, and so when I've, um, and, I, and you can come out bubbling over and it doesn't matter you know, you don't necessarily find your colleague or whatever, and your drum colleague, but you go to the table at recess and think, something really fabulous just happened, really worked well, and, and let me tell you about this, and, and and I think, well, and then that's where the whole thing about, it's like I'm with you. Yes. Sometimes. It's it, it energising, no, invigorating, and burning. Yeah. I never, never questioned or doubted that it's what... I would be doing or should be doing or wanted to do. So with you, it's a real vocation, isn't it? I think so, yes. A calling. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I never doubted it. And and yet I'd never thought of it before first year. Yeah. Your brother gave you very good advice, Mary. He did. Very good advice. Now, um, what about, you said before that you thought it was very important to record every and, mm. and keep records and I've done the same thing. We'll have a look at these little books very briefly in a minute. Any other advice to the next generation of drama educators that you think are essential advice? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm finding that really... I've thought about that and that idea of, of recording was one thing that's came to mind, but um, you, know, you, you love, you, you're doing it because you love it. You, you, you're probably going to be challenged in different ways within the school environment, and you fight for what you believe in. And you, um, I mean, there were times when they wouldn't run a particular class, a year at every drama class, and so put it, you, we wrote petitions and went to see the different principal, and it got turned around. So you, you can affect change if you stand up for what you believe in. Good. And yes. writing for. Grants, making, we don't have a budget anymore, it's absorbed into an English, English one. However, um, wherever possible, to improve the equipment you have and take any opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. And I think to make sure that your um, presence in the school, because drama is not just about 
about what's in the classroom and it's what how it affects students outside. So, for example, year sevens don't have drama at the moment. They've, they've given it to music has a full year now and year eight has a full year. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But I think that there's lots of skills. It's worth fighting for because year seven is so important. And, yes. there's, and there's lots of skills that they simply don't have the background to now. Yeah. And even though they might have a year of it in year eight, they've missed out on some level. Yes, I think yeah. so too. And I think it's very effective at year seven when they're just beginning to learn to know each other and, and oh, engage with each other. Very it can much be so. very, very supportive of that process. Yes, yeah. very much so. Would you like to just show us you, uh, um, a couple of the artifacts you preferred to? Mary has bought. Um, her original workbook that she has recorded her classes into and made notes about. Maybe just turn it around so the camera. So this is this is the old style of record keeping. And also the first course outline. And, and course outlines. This is how teachers of our era would work back in the day fastidious notes about classes and goals and aims, I imagine. Yes, there. very much so. Yeah. Um, and always, always at the end of a lesson plan, I would put down something to do with extension, possibly. Extension. Um, so that you always exercise. had that feeling that it was going somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is the way um, Mary and I attended the same sort of, the same place, and, and this is the way we were trained. Um, as educators of drama, and we were the we were the new wave of educators. Drama was a very new kid on the block when we were we were learning our skills. And the other one is is just from well, there are two two things that I find rather precious. Yes. And that's the well, that's the fourth year drama in 1972. Wow! Look at that. And that and that was also just anything that we did in class was recorded. We had to have notebooks when we were at university. Not like today we take a, an actual notebook as in a computer. So Mary could just turn this around and we'd have to record all of our sessions. This was yeah. mandatory. We hand wrote everything. Yes, that's right. No Sometimes computers. sketched. <laughs> that's right. No computers. And, um, I, in here I think I've got a, a, a submission for a tape recorder and why it would be good in my class. <laughs> why it would be good in your class. And also sometimes you'd have to write reflections on on the classes. So this this would be the bare bones of the sorts of um, classes that Daryl or Brian were giving at the time uh, to the students, training the students. And this one here was interesting. And this, this one is, it would have come out of a similar book, but um, just for ease of, of working with. So this is 1977, and I was in, this was the London Drama and Tape Centre. Wow. In service session with Cecily O'Neill. And then there was um, the cockpit there, I think. Um, puppets. Well, puppetry. Dorothy Heathcote. Yeah, you. look at this, turn this around. This is Dorothy Heathcote. Um, to create so the umbrella, to create learning, to tell and hopefully to affect. Yeah, to tell and affect. Yeah, gain the, the queen of uh, drama education. They would have been her notes on the board. Yeah. 
How how amazing to attend a workshop with her. Mm. Incredible. And, uh, and was that in London or? Um, yes, yeah. yes, it was all in London. Extraordinary. What was her book, The Empty Loom? Um, I'm, I'm not cool. Yeah, I think it was, she's amazing. There was a cockpit theatre workshop with Julia Wilson. Wow. I don't know if you remember the book. Yes. I don't remember, I don't remember the book too well. And um, there's an insert that's on Ryan Way. Oh, Brian Way, yeah. of course, such an influential That's right. uh, yeah. drama text. I'm just trying to find Slade and Way. Burbage Junior School of Interview, run by Curtin Theatre and Education. So. Wow. So you can see that Mary has a fabulous um, archive of her own here. And Mary, I think that's going to sort of bring our interview Good. to that's an end. I've enjoyed it very much, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's fantastic to speak to you and hear about, you know, try to distill your huge life's work into just half an hour. It has been a challenge, but it's been so interesting and I'm sure that there's a lot more that we could talk about. But here's a toast to you, Mary. Oh. Oh. This is coloured water, so you can't really drink it. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers and thank you for coming past it's and a, interviewing. It's a great pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for asking me. Pleasure. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.